all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, and my guest today is Christina Trependahl, who is a nurse practitioner and owner of the Headache Center in Ridgeland. And a headache is likely something that everyone has experienced at one time or another, and she is the headache specialist, y'all. So I know you want to get a chance to talk with her. You can give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can send me an email at fit at MPB online. Org. Good morning, Christina. Good morning, Josie. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy that you're here today because as a primary care provider, headaches are something that I see at least at least two or three times a week on patients. It may not be the presenting symptom that brought them in to see me, but it's definitely something that comes out during the visit that they're also having problems with headaches. So tell me a little bit about the Headache Center here in Richland. What's what's going on with that? Okay. So at a Headache Center, um, usually the, the patients have seen other providers. Um, we get the number one referrals from ear, nose, and throat doctors, OBGYNs, because they're treating women, and primary care. But by the time some gets to a headache center, they're usually typically either having debilitating debilitating headaches where their headache is so severe it's not responding to any medication they've been given, and it might last for days. Or they're having frequent headaches. They might not be their most severe headaches, but they're having a headache two or three times a week, and they're having to take attack medicines all the time. They feel like they're eating um, attack eating pills, me- right? Eating pills like candy, and then they get into medication overuse headache, and then a lot of times their episodic headache syndrome turns into a chronic headache syndrome, and so it's our job to kind of turn around the Titanic and get them back to having headaches much more infrequently. Right. So you may not ever be completely headache-free, mm-hmm. but you can significantly decrease the number of right. days. Right. There's that no you're, cure that for the having. primary headache. Right, right now, um, we do rule out secondary headaches. Um, we look for red flags, but primarily we are treating the primary headaches. Primary meaning there's nothing wrong with you, like you don't have an infection or a brain tumor. Right. You just your brain has a disorder, and it's a headache disorder. And I'm so glad that you mentioned that your brain has a disorder because mm-hmm. a lot of times people who don't suffer with headaches mm-hmm. kind of just say, "Oh, well, you have a headache." Just just keep on going. Yeah. You'll be fine. Yeah, but that's not true. It's yeah. not mm-hmm. true. And you mm-hmm. wouldn't say that to someone who has, you know, cancer. Well, right. it's just, no, you, you know, wouldn't. just mm-hmm. just keep on trucking. Mm-hmm. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But headaches can be, you know, significant mm-hmm. causes of loss of uh, quality of life, loss of productivity at work. Absolutely. And then, you know, then that overall impacts our economy. It does affect at, our large. economy. Yes. So, you know, it's really important that people get an accurate diagnosis of their blood, mm-hmm. of their um, headache headaches. type and the, the treatment mm-hmm. and not to give up because it can be very discouraging when you're searching Mm -hmm. for that that answer so you've got a headache center in Ridgeland and what kind of services do you guys offer out there 
So the, the main thing we do is we um, spend an hour to an hour and a half with our first patient, first consult, uh, to make sure the diagnosis is right. So we've got to get our correct diagnosis. The majority of the patients that we see, I would say 80 to 90% have migraine, and of those probably 50% have what we call chronic migraine. Migraine is the number one neurologic disorder on the planet, um, and it's also misdiagnosed often as sinus headache or tension-type headache. So if you have headaches that are severe enough that would make you go seek out um, help or that they're not responding to your medications or you're having to take medications all the time for your headaches, nine times out of ten, if it's not a, um, a secondary cause, it's going to be migraine. Mm-hmm. And what made you pick headaches of all the specialties out there that you mm-hmm. know are available for physicians and for nurses? practitioners why headaches well I believe God led me to this actually but um, I was a neonatal nurse practitioner for 10 years um, and you know that's living in the hospital Mm -hmm. call nights weekends and holidays and I just hadn't found my passion yet and I have four kids at home and I wanted a different different I wanted an option so I went back to school got a post master's as a family nurse practitioner at the W and I worked in an ER for a while, but it was still not something I was passionate about. So it wasn't about. like neon fire. No. And then I fell into headache medicine. Some colleagues recommended that I go um, seek out a job at Mississippi Headache Center, and I worked there for three years. And then after that, I opened my own practice. And we're glad you did because you're helping lots of folks. I've sent patients over to you, and you do a great job with Thank them. Thank you. The main thing that I would say is that at the Headache Center, we do not prescribe narcotics, opioids, benzos. Um, those are controlled substances that are not appropriate for headache management. And so if somebody really needs those, then they can go to pain management. But for actually, if you read any book on headache management, that from all the literature that's been done over the last 40 to 100 years, basically opioids, Lortab, Lorset, narcotics are not recommended for the treatment of headache. And actually, um, barbiturates like Fioracet, Esgic, Fiorinol, the barbiturates, um, Butalbital, Mm -hmm. is not recommended for headache medicine anymore. It was um, developed several years ago, about 10 years ago, and now a lot of people are addicted to that, and that causes more of the medication overuse headache. So we get people off those drugs. Yeah, which I... I think it's such a great thing. You've got such an opioid problem, not only in Mississippi, but nationally. And sometimes people feel like that's their only option when they've been living with this headache pain for so long. They think, well, I've just got to have some pain medication for that. And that's because the person wasn't caught early. They didn't get the correct diagnosis and they didn't get the prevention. But with with an early diagnosis, a correct diagnosis and a lot of education and lifestyle management and the good, appropriate prevention drugs, you can get what you need. And, you know, that is... That warms my heart, you know, from a primary care standpoint, because I'm trying to keep people off of narcotic pain medications as mm-hmm. much as I can as well. But at the same time, want to give them pain relief. So it's, it's great that you've got excellent outcomes without using narcotic pain medications. The thing about headache is that when you have migraine or a cluster headache or another primary headache disorder, we're not trying to cover up the pain with a narcotic or a pain medicine, quote unquote. We're trying to stop the pathology of what's going on with that headache. So migraine is similar to um, seizure disorder in that it's, um, it's an electrical excitation of the brain for no reason and we can actually stop the pathology in its tracks so we we have great medications that actually stop the headache before it turns into something like a nightmare 
And you guys that are listening, I know you can tell her passion that she has for headaches and that she knows what she is doing. So I would love to talk with you all today and give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send us an email at fit at mpbonline.org. Now, while a lot of folks do have migraines, just that kind of I wake up and I just have a bleh feeling and I have just a blood headache. Is that a thing? Is a blood headache a thing? <laughs> so that's why we spend an hour and a half on right. that first visit is because you can't take a headache out of isolation. So the number one thing, the first question I ask is, did anybody in your family have headaches? I don't ask if they had migraine because your grandma wasn't diagnosed with migraine. Right. She was diagnosed with sick headache, sinus right. headache. Right. She went and took a Tylenol and a Coke and went and laid down. Mm-hmm. So did anybody have head- headaches in your family? Because migraine is inherited. Mm-hmm. So if you have one parent with um, migraine, then you have a 40 to 50% chance of getting migraine. If you have two parents with migraine, you have a 70 to 90% chance. So there are some bad things that go along with um, headaches. If you wake if you wake up with the worst headache of your life and you've never had a headache like this, get to an emergency room. Okay. Right. If uh, if you have a headache that started like your normal headache, but it won't go away and it's progressing and getting progressively worse, it's not responding to anything. It's not acting like your other headaches. There's a change in pattern of your headaches. You need to get to an emergency room. And so, when somebody just has a an ep- like an occasional headache that's not debilitating. Mm-hmm. They don't have nausea, vomiting. Mm-hmm. What's usually causing that kind of headache? Um, so the most benign form of headache that we would call, and the, um, this is determined by the International Headache Society. They, they set up the guidelines. So if you have a mild headache and there are no other associations with it, there's no disability, it's not severe, you're not sensitive to light, and there's no... You have no infection. You've got no right. fever. Um, this is not due to a head trauma. Then, and it responds to Tylenol or Advil, then most likely that's a tension-type headache. It could have been. We don't know necessarily the cause or the trigger. It could mm-hmm. be dehydration. It could be stress at work. But um, the main thing is to just make sure you've got an accurate diagnosis because there is no such thing as a severe tension-type headache. Okay. And I love how you mentioned uh, dehydration because mm-hmm. the vast majority of us, if you really look at our hydration patterns, are a little bit dehydrated all the time. You know, we just don't. Diet Coke does not hydrate you. Right. I love (laughs) Neither does sweet tea. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, gosh. (laughs) You know, anything with that caffeine in it while, you know, I I love my cup of coffee. I have to have it. Uh, I mean, I could get rid of it if I absolutely had to. But, you know, it does make my life a little bit bit happier in the morning Mm -hmm. times. Anything with that caffeine in it is going to dehydrate you more. So really the best way to hydrate is just good old plain Water. water without all the additives uh, without all the additives into it you know i also love um sparkling water and so sometimes when i find it hard to get in my my regular water i'll drink one of those that helps with my uh, past addiction to diet coke because i did mm-hmm. i did love a diet coke you know that burn <laughs> when you feel it in your mouth so the the sparkling water does help with that but when i tell people about about you know drinking a mineral water or sparkling water it's one of those that isn't flavored with anything Mm -hmm. else and doesn't have those artificial sweeteners Mm -hmm. in there as well. Which artificial sweeteners can be a trigger for migraine as well. We actually found Mm -hmm. out that um, aspartame was Mm -hmm. a trigger for my migraines, Mm -hmm. which is what uh, made me cut out the Diet Coke. And it was it was rough there for a little while, but it helps. So that's one of the differences when you when you see a headache specialist at the headache center, um, it takes so much to educate the patient on what their diagnosis is and then what what to avoid. There's food, there's diet, there's exercise, there's um, caffeine, the additives and all the foods. So we instead of seeing like 
30 to 40 to 50 patients a day each, we keep it to a minimum. Our providers are only seeing 15 to 20 patients mm-hmm. a day because we spend 20 to 30 minutes a day, even with follow-ups, like, right. no, maybe this plan's not working out because we're doing X, Y, and Z wrong. All right. We're going to go to the phones and talk to AJ in the Delta. Good morning, AJ. Hey, good morning. I appreciate you all taking my call. Absolutely. I have, I, I have a question. My okay. wife suffers from headaches periodically, and, and they're, um, they're, they're of, of a somewhat severe nature. And she uh, tries to rest, and like you say, takes Tylenol, the old-fashioned remedy. My question is, uh, Ms. Treppendahl, at the Headache Center, does insurance come into play uh, when patients come to see you? Yes, we, we do take insurance. Almost all insurances. Um, we also take Medicare, and we are in the enrollment process with Medicaid. Okay. Does it have to, before we come and see you, do we have to have, would she have to have a, a, a physician's referral? No referrals are necessary. We do take okay. referrals, but um, our number one referral is Facebook. We have 23,000 followers on Facebook, and then we have a great website. So you can learn more information at um, our website, which is MississippiMigraineCenter.com. The headache center was taken, so it's Mississippi, <laughs> MississippiMigraineCenter.com. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Just answer my questions, and I appreciate it. Thanks Thank you. Uh-huh. We hope you get some relief for your wife there with that. And and uh, if you guys want to give us a call, we do have some open lines, so you can give me a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, and we'll be happy to answer your questions about uh, headaches. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation about headaches, and I want to talk a little bit about the difference between primary and secondary headaches that you talked about, and a little bit more on some of those red flags that we need to watch out when a headache can mean a bigger issue going on. We'll be back after the break. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. We're talking headaches today, and my guest is Christina Trippendahl with the Headache Center in Ridgeland. And we have open lines. You can give us a ring at one 672 7464 That's 1-877-MPB-RING. And we've been talking all about uh, kind of general headache stuff so far. And headaches are so incredibly common, but they can also be a warning sign that something more dangerous is going on. We've mentioned a couple of those red flags, but what are those big red flags that should prompt someone to not just take Tylenol and rest, but to actually go see somebody pretty quickly about their headache? 
Okay. Um, well, you have to look at the history, and we always are looking for red flags. So if I have, say, a 50-year-old with a new-onset headache who never had a history of headaches, then I'm going to you know, start digging. I'm going to you know, look at brain scans, look at labs, see what's going on, because that's not usual. That's not normal. Um, so we have a, a mnemonic in the headache world um, to look for these red flags, and it's called SNOOP5. So I'll, I'm just going to get through some <laughs> of them. I love those. Yeah, let's go through yeah, them. So some of them, and you're going to get um, migraine as a diagnosis, um, 99% history. So if you're not asking enough questions, you're not going to get it right. The exam is usually normal. So if you have migraine and you don't have anything bad that's going to kill you, then you're going to have a normal neurologic exam mm-hmm. unless you have something else going on. Okay. But um, some things we look at in the history and the exam are um, what we take vital signs. So if you have a fever, there might be an infection going on, meningitis, things that you're looking for. Um, if you have a history of HIV or cancer, we need to know that. Um, and then uh, if you've had significant weight gain or weight loss recently, we'll, we'll want to know about that. Uh, neurologic signs and symptoms, you know, we check the t- 12 cranial nerves, we're doing reflexes, we're checking your gait, we're ch- especially checking the eyes. The, the vision, um, yeah. The, the vision, we're checking the ocular movements. Um, and then we are, um, if you, like I said earlier, if you have what we call a thunderclap headache, the worst headache of your life, and it, and it escalates, you didn't have a headache, and then all of a sudden it's a 15 out of 10. Right, just puts you down. Yes, and if that's not normal for you, you should really get to an ER quick because that can be um, a, you know, a subarachnoid hemorrhage, subarachnoid bleed. Um, like I said, if you're over 50 and you've never had headaches before and then you've got something, a, a headache, and it's unusual and it won't go away, it's severe, then you should go um, seek a headache specialist mm-hmm. or go to an emergency room. Um, also, um, like I said earlier, um, look at the previous headache history. Is there a pattern change or is it progressive? So a lot of my patients have, you know, migraine and they might have a migraine that lasts two days and it goes away for a week and then it lasts two days and it goes away for a week. But then all of a sudden the pattern changes mm-hmm. and they've got it every day. We need to know about that. Right. We need to see what's going on. Um, if you if the headache gets worse with laying down or better with laying down or the headache and these are usually daily headaches right. or when you stand up, the headache is dramatically worse or dramatically better, then that's um, that's a postural change, and that could be um, that you have a spinal leak or you've had a um, need a blood patch or something like that. Right. And then um, if it's precipitated by exertion or valsalva, valsalva meaning when you're bearing down, um, like you're trying to poop or you got to exactly. cough, something like that. I didn't want to say that. Oh, I'll say it. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so anytime and it, exertion that can happen during during sex as well. So if right. you have a sudden onset headache during sex and that's not normal for you, you really need to get to um, a doctor, a nurse practitioner, right. um, a headache specialist, a neurologist, or an ER. Somebody. Mm-hmm. Somebody needs to take a look exactly. at you. Exactly. And then um, pulsatile tinnitus, that's swooshing in the ears. Um, that could be uh, related to a lot of different things, but the one I'm thinking of is um, in, in increased in idiopathic intracranial hypertension. Mm-hmm. And then pregnancy, because pregnancy is a hypercoagulable state, and you know you can have increased blood pressure, you can have a pituitary um, tumor. You, there's lots of things that you could have going on right. with pregnancy. Um, vascular changes are happening, and so you really want to... Especially new onset headache in pregnancy, right. you know, if, if you've you, not had yeah, headaches exactly. before. Definitely. Um, but we, we do actually treat pregnant women at the headache center without narcotics, mm-hmm. which is great, because we can do nerve blocks with lidocaine that's safe during pregnancy, and so that keeps some people who are having chronic headaches during pregnancy um, from having to take too many oral medications. Yeah, which I 
would have mm-hmm. needed you guys when mm-hmm. I was pregnant with my uh, middle child because they we could not get a handle on them. Mm-hmm. I was just yeah. miserable day after day. We've got several uh, callers on the line, so we're going to go uh, talk to them real quick, and then we'll continue our conversation. I want to go to Startville and talk to LJ. Good morning, LJ. Oh, hi. Good morning. How are you? Uh, I'm okay, actually. Thanks for asking. Sure. How can we help you today? Well, I just uh, listened to your program, and I heard you mention that if parents have migraines, then your chances of migraines as a, you know, offspring child right. are, are higher. And so um, I don't really have migraines, but I have are well, someone told me that they're migraines. I call them the little laser light show in my <laughs> yep. eyes. Uh, and so I wanted to know if that is a migraine, and if so, should I expect more of them as I get older? So, should um, I be seeing someone? LJ, tell me about the laser light show. Is there any head pain that ever follows, and how long does the light show last? Um, so the laser light show lasts, I guess, anywhere from two to four hours. I normally take an um, Advil just because I've been told it's a migraine. So, and But you don't get the head pain, correct? No. And you don't, do you feel any fatigue or um, nausea or anything with that? Well, uh, yeah, I would say fatigue, and sometimes I feel hot. Okay. So I'm not going to diagnose anybody <laughs> over, the, over the radio, but it sounds to me like you have what we call aura without headache, and that is a, a diagnostic code for that. But I would definitely make sure you see either a headache specialist or a neurologist or somebody who is very familiar with that and just be followed. Because people who have um, migraine with aura, and aura is the neurologic symptoms that only about 25% of the migraine population has, um, that could be visual, it could be sensory, or it could be um, speech and language problems. If you have that, you, um, they've done studies, and those people have an increased risk of stroke more than somebody that smokes cigarettes. So my job with the R patients is to keep them healthy. I want to keep their blood pressure down, their diabetes under control. I want to make sure they're exercising. And I want to make sure that if they ever have a sudden change in their headache, that they get to an emergency room. Wow. Well, thank you. And we have a lot to read on on the website. And LJ, you know, if you need help finding a primary care provider that can help make sure that your risks for all other things are down low or a headache specialist in your area, you can email me at fit at mpbonline.org and I'll be happy to send you some information. And LJ, how often are you having these? Um, I definitely have them about four times a year, but um, as I've been getting older, I've noticed them more. Um, Okay. I don't know. They can come like... Keep a headache diary of them. I know it's not a headache, but keep a, a yeah. diary. Um, if they increase, I definitely would, you know, uh, consider even putting you on prevention. Um, but there's an over-the-counter medication that we use for um, migraine all the time for prevention. It's vitamin B2, 400 milligrams is safe unless you're pregnant. Um, and if you go on Amazon, you can find it, and you will see all the chronic migraineurs uh, raving about vitamin B2, 400 <laughs> milligrams. You're not going to get it in your B-complex, and you're... Uh, the store here, you can only get like 25 milligrams. You really have to have the 400 milligrams. It has level A evidence for migraine prevention, and that's the only nutraceutical or vitamin that we have that has level A evidence for migraine prevention, meaning it's the best evidence. That's exciting. Thank you. You're, You're welcome, welcome, LJ. I hope you uh, feel better from all that and get that taken care of. Thank you for calling Thank us you. today. Okay, bye. Bye. I did want to mention that you were talking about the migraine with aura and that flashy light show mm-hmm. because it is, I have migraine, I have aura. I unfortunately have the headache afterwards. But what I liken it to when it first starts is um, 
if you looked at a light and then looked away, kind of some sometimes it has that little flashy mm-hmm. thing, but it doesn't go away. It right. just gets worse, and then it turns into this zigzaggy situation across my vision. Well, and they're different b- between different people. Mm-hmm. Somebody's aura might be different than another person's aura. One thing you can look up online that I love to show my patients, if you go to Wikipedia, uh, look up scintillating scotoma, yeah. and that is spelled S-C-I, mm-hmm. so scintillating scotoma, so that um, it looks like a kind of, um, like you're looking in a kaleidoscope mm-hmm. and you're trying to see through it, and so a lot of times the center of your vision is missing. You can see around the outside right. of it, and it's actually some people People think it's only happening in one eye, but it's actually happening in the left side of both eyes or the right side of both eyes. And actually, it's not in your eyes. It's actually in the visual center of your brain that's being affected. Yeah, because when you close your eyes, you still, it's still, still, there. still <laughs> see it. All right, let's go talk to Jim and Jackson this morning. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. How can we help you today? I was just going to share with you that I suffer from cluster headaches. Mm-hmm. And uh, over the years, I rarely found... Uh, even some pretty good neurosurgeons that were familiar with them, and they ended up calling them migraines. Of course, they're not migraines. They are not migraines. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they call them suicide headaches. And the uh, the only effective treatment that I ever found for them was uh, pure oxygen. And, That's uh, great. Actually, 75% of the patients who have cluster headache will respond positively to oxygen, and yet we cannot get Medicare to put it on their formulary for <laughs> cluster headache. So they call it a respiratory treatment. But, um, yes, oxygen works very well for cluster headache and sometimes Imitrex injections. But cluster headache is so rare, and it is suicide headache. It is the worst pain known to man. You can look that up. It's, um, women who've had childbirth naturally say there's nothing like a cluster headache. You can actually go to YouTube and watch somebody having a cluster headache attack. It is the worst thing on the planet. And we don't have enough uh, prevention for cluster headache that's good, and we don't have enough good attack medications. But there is one um, device that just became FDA-approved. It's called the GammaCore device. It's GA. M-M-A-C-O-R-E. I might be wrong on the number of M's there. But <laughs> GammaCore, you can find that on our website, or you can go to the GammaCore website. And actually, um, you can get it for free, I believe. I know it through our clinic. You can get it free for two months. And um, cluster headache usually comes in seasons. Do you have yours every day of the year, or do you just have yours um, occasionally? Well, of course, thank goodness I'm to the age now where they, where they I hadn't had any in about three years. That's great. Came, came all during the year. I would suggest as far as the oxygen is concerned, what I found the economic way to deal with it was buying the the, uh, the, the tube myself, and then all I had to pay for was the refill. You can buy the regulator and, and the, the oxygen tube, and uh, the cost to refill it is, is fairly nominal. And I can't remember, it's been a good while since I bought my outfit, but... Well, we, look into. we would love it if you would call the headache center and give us some more information on that and talk to my office manager. We would really love that. Um, unfortunately, I have some people trying welders oxygen and all sorts of things mm-hmm. to get this covered. Get it taken care mm-hmm. of. Well, like I say, man, it, it worked fine for me. And, and I, the only thing I would hope is that in the in the, the neuro the neurology uh, work group that they recognize that. Uh, Cluster headaches are dramatically different from from uh, migraines, and you certainly can't 
least in my experience, you can't treat them the same way you treat them. No, you can't. And one thing I would mention is that it used to take 19 years for somebody to get the correct diagnosis wow. of cluster headache because they get the wrong diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And they, um, up to 25% of them would commit suicide. suicide. Now, with the advent of the Internet, we're down to three years. But that's way too long for somebody who's having a... To be suffering And like they that. have up to eight of these attacks per day. They're nothing yep. like migraine. They don't last as long as migraine. The timing is what one of the questions we ask. So a migraine lasts anywhere from four hours to 72 hours um, untreated or, un- or treated unsuccessfully. A-, a cluster headache attack never lasts more than three hours, but they can have up to eight of them a day, and they usually happen when they go to sleep. People try to change their sleep patterns, and they, they try to sleep during the day instead, right. and it still comes as soon as they go to sleep. So then they've got to wake up, put on oxygen, give themselves a shot in the leg, and you're only supposed to have two of these shots a day, mm-hmm. but they'll give themselves up to eight shots right. because they have no choice. Right. Mm-hmm. There's usually also sometimes some... some Autonomic features, right, yeah, so eye waters. Um, cluster headache is only on one side. It is never a bilateral headache, and it stays on that same side. So if you have cluster headache, it's either right or left, mm-hmm. and it's uh, behind the eye, they say... It feels like somebody's um, got a hot poker and they're boring my eye out from the inside out. And so their um, their eyelid can swell, eye water, nose run, nose congested, facial drooping mm-hmm. on that side. Which can be very scary because then we think stroke, you know, from a right. primary care mm-hmm. percent. Mm-hmm. If I have someone who comes mm-hmm. in and their face is drooping, mm-hmm. you know, that's one of the things I'm worried about. And these people, uh, migraineurs want to go lay down and go to sleep, sleep secure for migraine. Mm-hmm. But uh, cluster headache patients cannot sit still. They mm-hmm. tend to rock or they run around the room or they bang their head on the door. Wow. So I'm Thank glad you for calling, Jim. <laughs> yeah, and I'm glad that you're kind of starting to get out of out of those cluster headaches. Mm-hmm. Is that common that you kind of grow yeah, you as you age? To, God willing, t- you tend to grow out of your headache pattern, especially for for um, migraine. It's around age 65, but I do have some people in their 70s that we treat for migraine still. Um, cluster headache, hopefully you outgrow it. Um, but yeah, it's not, not a, it's not a g- great life. Yes. Well, I'll tell you, I'm in my 70s, and I'm still having them. So mm-hmm. uh, let, let's hope. Uh, well, I'm, there, is a, there is a solution. <laughs> the system is designed to get me out of this. So. <laughs> well, and we do clinical trials for both cluster and migraine at the Headache Center. So if you're interested in a, cluster, in, in, in a clinical trial, um, you know, there are age cutoff limits on some of these, but um, we are doing um, about four clinical trials right now. All right, Jim, thank you so much for giving us a call today. Bye-bye. All right. We do have some open lines. You can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. And I think we might have Doug back on the line for us now. Hello, Doug. Hello. Can you hear me? I can. How can we help you today? Okay. So yesterday, on way back from the football game, I decided to enjoy a chocolate daiquiri. It was so good, I drank it a little bit too fast <laughs> and uh, got what they call a brain freeze headache. Right. I was just wondering what what's the actual physiology behind getting a brain freeze. Um, I can't tell you the actual physiology, but I can tell you the cure for it is to stop drinking your daiquiri that fast. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. You know, I think, you know, I've read about some of these before, mm. you know, and again, I don't think it's something that the physiology is completely mm. known on that. You know, there's some theories out there that perhaps it's kind of um, nerve pain right in there that you're kind of chilling out some of those pharyngeal nerves that are in there. Mm. And that's leading to some of the, the pain in the head. And inflammation can play a big part. So right. when your blood vessels get dilated um, or engorged, that can cause a severe headache. Mm -hmm. 
So we don't okay. know, but just don't drink that daiquiri that fast. I think Savor if it. you look on the internet, there's a little bit of data. About yeah, there, it. there's a little mm-hmm. bit. And out it's actually there. in our classification of headache disorders. Really. Mm-hmm. Look at there. All right. So thank you for that, Doug. And I'm glad you enjoyed your daiquiri, even if it was a little bit too fast going down. We're going to take a quick break. And uh, don't wait till the end of the show to give us a call. We've got some open lines. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org. And we'll be back talking headaches after the break. It's fun. Southern Remedy is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and by the generous support from you, our listeners. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm Josie Bidwell, and my guest today is Christina Trippendahl. She's a nurse practitioner that specializes in headaches and is the owner out at the Headache Center in Ridgeland. And we've been enjoying talking to you guys this morning about headaches. We've had a lot of great callers, and we do have some open lines. You can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring You can send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org. And we're going to go uh, straight on out to Dolphin Island and talk to Bob this morning. Hello, Bob. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I am well. My wife, I actually live in New Orleans, but I'm over here on some business, and I always listen to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. And I, your your topic interests me because of the fact that my wife has had chronic headaches for years. Mm-hmm. Um, she pretty much has headaches to us at different degrees all the time. And she used to, and she hadn't had one since January, but she has periodic ocular migraines as well. So my question is this. Um, specifically, sometimes when we'll go out to dinner and she'll have a glass of wine or two, and the next day her headaches are so substantially increased, and our assumption is that it's caused by that glass of wine or two. And it's got to the point that when we'll go out for dinner or something, she doesn't even want wine or anything. And is there a direct correlation or a direct link between a glass of wine or two the night before and really bad headaches that next day? Or is it, or are we just kind of misdiagnosing it? It sounds to me like your wife probably has chronic migraine. Or, she does. And it might be um, medication overuse and chronic migraine. But um, there are several migraineurs, that's people we call migraine patients, <laughs> migraineurs. Um, migraineurs will say that alcohol does trigger a headache, and there are several that will say it never triggers a headache for them. So your your wife's baseline headache, that's her regular headache, as they call it. So her pain might every day be anywhere from a 1 to a 4, but then she has these exacerbating spells. Those are all part of the migraine biology. They're not separate 
headache types. But um, so one of the things is sometimes it's just the tannins in the red wine, and some people will try to get like sulfite free. Um, That's why she's starting like she's now she doesn't drink red wine anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. She had read that, so now she if she drinks wine, it'll only be white. So one of my best friends is a headache specialist, and he's in um, Atlanta, and he can drink white wine, but he cannot drink red Mm -hmm. wine. And if he drinks red wine, he keeps his um, his attack medication with him because he knows it's going to trigger a headache. Now, also besides the wine itself or the alcohol itself, it's causing dehydration. Right. Okay. So and. I do know patients and um, providers who, if they know that that wine is going to cause a, a headache or a migraine, um, will pre-treat. They'll make sure that they hydrate very well. They drink lots of water, and then they'll take their attack medicine the night before or the morning after. Now, I don't recommend that people do that every day as a right. lifestyle pattern. <laughs> but you know, if it's your if it's your daughter's wedding and you want to have a toast of champagne, right. you can always you know take that into consideration. That oh, help at all? Fine. And she's she's working with a neurologist to try to That's come great. to some conclusions Good. on some mm-hmm. of it, and it's just. It's, it's proving a little bit frustrating because she really hasn't found a, a, a really good solution yet. So there's two so. parts of the solution when you're having these daily headaches. One is to look at the triggers, like you said. But um, you got to have good prevention and great attack medicine. So um, the, there's only one thing that's actually FDA approved for chronic migraine prevention, and that's Botox for chronic migraine. Um, there are th- three types of oral medications that we use to prevent episodic migraine and to pro- try to prevent the um, chronicity where you go from episodic migraine to chronic migraine, and that's just how many days per month you have a headache, whether it's 15 or greater. But um, so there's three categories we use for prevention, and unfortunately they're all borrowed categories. These Mm -hmm. were not made for migraine. So one is the antihypertensives, which are blood pressure medicines, usually in the beta blocker category. The second is um, in the antidepressant category, but a lot of those can make us fat, and that's not going to help our (laughs) overall health. And the third one is the anti-seizure medicine, topiramate being my favorite one. That one has the most evidence Topamax. for it. And, yeah, yep. and also Topiramate, Topamax, um, Trokindy, they make uh, help with weight loss where mm-hmm. all the others are weight gainers. So uh, Mississippi is the most obese state in the nation. So I don't have any of these people coming into me in their 30s saying, please put me on a weight gainer right. for m- prevention of my headaches. So the goal of prevention, what is the goal of prevention? The goal is to cut the number of headache days in half. So if you start out with 28, I'm trying to get you down to 14, but still 14 headache days per month it's is not great. Yeah. So we push it. We push the envelope to get you the least number of days with headaches with the least number of side effects. And now everything has a potential side effect. Right. Now, don't read that thing and think you're going to get all those side effects. But if you fail two oral preventatives, and by the way, those prevention medications were not even designed for migraine, but we do have some evidence that they work well in migraine, mm-hmm. then it's Botox for chronic migraine. But the good news, Josie, is that <laughs> next year we have a lot of great medications coming out for migraine. We have the um, first prevention category coming out for migraine it works on a neuropeptide called cgrp there will be four new cgrp uh, prevention drugs coming out next year and they will be injectables that you inject yourself at home kind of like you do a humera drug or something like that and they're biologicals that you will inject at home either monthly or quarterly and you know they don't work for everybody but the clinical trials are so well some people are super responders and not having any headaches so that's 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 brilliant and then we also have a lot of new devices coming out neuromodulation you're probably familiar with neuromodulation is kind of like a a vibration Mm -hmm. on the vagus nerve Mm -hmm. 
It's been used um, internally, deep brain stimulation. We've used that in the past, but that involves surgery. So they, they use neuromodulators both in severe depression and in epilepsy. And that we've got devices coming out for migraine prevention and attack as well. So while it's well, that's great information. Yeah. I'm actually gonna um, go to the MPB. She's in New Orleans, so she can't hear this. But I'm <laughs> well, we've go got a podcast. MPB. Well, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the MPB website later on, whenever y'all get it posted, and send her the link so at least she can listen to yeah. um, the broadcast because it may be give her some information that she can bring back to her neurologist. Absolutely. Say, mm-hmm. You know, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And so. check to see if her neurologist is a headache specialist that's only treating headaches because if not, she needs to get to a headache specialist that's only treating headaches. All right, Bob, I hope that helps. And, you know, if you need more information, you can always email us and we'll be happy to send you some extra stuff. Let's go to Oxford and talk to Andre this morning. Hello, Andre. Um, hi. Hi. What's going it's on? A great subject I've chosen this morning. Thank you. Um, I don't suffer from headaches. I feel very fortunate that I do not. Just mm-hmm. the occasional pension headache. But I have a family member who um, has had uh, several concussions and now is having um, migraine headaches, nausea, vomiting, dizziness. Has been um, treated for well over a year um, and is finally now participating in a study. Um, the gentleman earlier mentioned the use of oxygen for cluster headaches. She's taking part in a study for hyperbaric oxygen uh, treatments. So I was wondering if you were familiar with those studies and, if, and keeping up with uh, studies and things that may eventually be able to become FDA approved so that mm-hmm. insurance will provide right. for oxygen treatment. Um, I'm not involved in that particular study. And there is a doctor here, and I believe he has a clinic in Louisiana, uh, Dr. Howard Katz. He is our concussion expert here, and he does a lot of clinical trials, so he may be involved with that. I have to say, post-concussive headache, a traumatic brain injury, um, it kind of ends up with all the associated things that you get besides just mm-hmm. you know the memory issues and everything. It ends up just being chronic migraine if it's going to mm-hmm. last. And un- unfortunately, we don't have another way to treat it other than migraine medications. Right. We don't have a a great um, outcome with that right now. But it does look like there's some up-and-coming medications yes. that may be very promising exactly. for chronic migraine. And for post-traumatic yeah. headache, people who are having headaches all the time, we do use um, Botox for, for chronic for migraine if they're well. not responding to the oral <laughs> medications. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's encouraging to hear that and of the things that may be coming out next yes. year. Yes. Mm-hmm. But just in, this is a Dr. Harsh that is the treatment study okay. she's taken part in. Mm-hmm with LSU. Okay. Anyway, that's great. Thank you for that. Thank you so much. And thank you for your call and for listening today. All right. Let's go down to Gulfport and talk to Emily. Good morning. Um, Hi, this is Emil. How are y'all doing today? I'm good. I'm sorry I mispronounced your name. It is a beautiful name. How can we help you today? Well, thank you. Um, My daughter is a teenager and she gets headaches on the top of her head, like you know, the front part of the top of her head. Mm-hmm. And I'd never heard of that before. Is that normal? It depends. Um, lots of things are not normal. <laughs> right. So, I mean, does she have her headaches every day? Does I mean, what are the features with her headaches? A lot of times they coincide with the time of her menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. 
Um, well, right, that right there tells me menstrual migraine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can stop okay. there. So okay. the, um, I, I'm not going to do the whole one and a half hours of interview that I would do with her, but it sounds to me that she should be with a headache specialist. Um, and okay. uh, we treat pediatrics in our clinic. Um, people travel four hours one way to come see us, but um, you definitely want somebody who's familiar with menstrual migraine. And I can tell you, I've worked with the best menstrual migraine guru. That's Dr. Ann Calhoun, and she's in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I have many of her articles. But hopefully it'll it'll get better. How old is your daughter? Uh, Fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah. Uh-huh. The, the key is for us to catch them when they're young and to start the prevention plan and the strategies. And, you know, there's, you know, if, it, if we can't get it, you know, with some, you know, uh, more simpler approaches, we can, you know, move on to uh, managing um, uh, oral contraceptives. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'd taken her to her pediatrician about it, and they didn't seem to think there was an issue, so I didn't go further. But just with the topic at hand today, I just wanted to call in. Is there a clinic closer to Gulf? Where are you located? We're in Ridgeland, Mississippi. I think we're about three hours from Gulfport. Mm-hmm. Okay. Off the top of my head, I do not know, but I will do some digging, and we'll see if we find somebody closer to you. Um, okay. uh, unfortunately, many of the people who actually treat um, headaches don't treat pediatrics. Pediatric so headaches. we do see pediatric headache. Mm-hmm. And it's about okay. 8% of our population right now. Our youngest yeah. patient is two years old. And okay. one thing in the meantime is, you know, keep a little diary of when she's having that headache. Mm-hmm. You know, there are, mm-hmm. and, yeah. you know, kids are real techie and they love apps and there are lots of kind of um, period apps out there that oh, would. Okay. There's a really good, um, there's lots of good um, apps for managing um, your your headache diary, like Migraine Buddy. But there's one that that NIH just came out and it's, um, oh, let me find my phone. It is, hold on. Oh, it's a new migraine app, and it's my favorite because it asks all sorts of things like, did you drink water, and what did you eat, right. and did you have protein with your right. meal? Um, right. It is Migraine Coach. Migraine I think it's Coach. a free app. It's okay. Migraine Coach. It's my favorite uh, new app for managing okay. headaches, and it's really it was Great. designed for children. So it's designed to say, did you take your medicine, all right. this kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's great. So at least you'll be able to show a, you know, a pattern of mm-hmm. when her headaches are. Um, right. You know, I'm always trying to encourage um, adolescents to, especially, well, of course, girls, to take kind of control of their periods and know when they are. You know, most days when I right. am talking with adolescents, I'll say, when was your last period? And mm-hmm. they have... No idea. No idea. And that's yeah. just part of, you know, being a responsible. Right. So maybe with the app, she would be more interested. Yeah, because they like to do that. Yeah, absolutely. They're on the phones all the time. <laughs> and, do you have um, an email address? I could yes. uh, to kind of set up an appointment, perhaps. Do you have an well, email you can, address for you? You can set up an appointment through our website, um, MississippiMigraineCenter.com. Okay. Okay. MississippiMigraineCenter.com, or you can Google the Headache Center in Ridgeland. You can find us easily. Our phone number at the Headache Center is 601-366-0855. That's 601-366-0855. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're you. welcome. We hope she gets some, some relief from that. All right, we've got a couple of open lines. Don't wait until the very end of the show to give us a call. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. And we've got a call in Natchez with Jane. Good morning, Jane. Good morning. How can we help you today? Um, a couple of things. I, I'm trying. I'm calling for my daughter who is um, in in her late thirties, and she has migraines. She had her teeth. Uh, correct it because she has, suffers from TMJ and she says the TMJ causes the migraines and she spent a lot of money on her teeth but it, it's still going on now she has found she has 
ulcers in the stomach from taking mm. um, too many NSAIDs. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, um, Tylenol, because she didn't like mm-hmm. not Tylenol, but uh, Advil, Advil. Mm-hmm. because she didn't like to take the Tylenol medicine because it knocked her out, and she has a real demanding job. And I heard you all say, find out if anybody ever had them. Well, I when I was on birth control pills, which was a very, I mean, probably only three years, I had what I think were migraines. And when I got off the, the birth control pills, and that's why I got off them, I never had them again. Um, does that mean it runs in the family, or is that just I've had a tendency to react to whatever type of... Yeah, it means it runs in the family. Yeah. <laughs> so what happens with women, so um, of course women have cycles, and that's probably why uh, migraine is more prevalent in women, three to one over men. So we do have lots of male patients, um, but after puberty, it's more predominant in the female um uh, population and out of all the triggers, the top three triggers are going to be weather and stress. But um, menses or your cycle is reported seventy percent of the time from women. Now that means the other thirty percent say no, it doesn't happen with my cycle or with ovulation. But mm-hmm. so that is a huge thing. And also, menstrual migraine is more difficult to treat. Meaning, when I put you on prevention, if you have menstrual migraine, I might be able to get you so you have no headaches except for that seven days during your period, right. and you're still having headaches. So we have to do a lot of manipulation with that. So what that, Dr. Ann Calhoun has done a lot of research. And back then, your um, birth control, I bet, had a higher level of estrogen. And what happens, it's, a hu- it's when the estrogen levels drop. So once you take your placebo pills, and if we have a, a drop of 20 micrograms, that's what causes the menstrual mm-hmm. migraine. So a lot of times we have women skip the placebo pills or we put them on a long um, one that does not have the, the sugar pills, the seven days of sugar pills. And we... Actually, have some people, some women, we get them to skip their cycle mm-hmm. so they don't get that menstrual migraine. Right. Well, do you think that uh, the, the TMJ is potentially causing the? She thinks that yes, it can. Um, so it's um, kind of like six of one, have a dozen of the other. TMJ can make things worse, but I've also had a few patients who have what I call. Uh, jaw migraine and they've had their jaws worked on for years and nothing works and then they can go days without a headache and when they get their migraine it is only in their jaw TMJ area and they respond to triptan medications which are migraine medications and uh, these can be difficult to treat we've been on lots of daily preventions we do more than one daily prevention and then sometimes one of the best treatments I've found is um, there's a myofascial release expert that we have here a physical therapy group um, specialized physical therapy that does um, is trained to do myofascial manipulation of the TMJ area to work on that. And they're referred by um, lots of uh, dentists. All right, Jane, we hope that helps. We've got just a few seconds left. I'm going to try and get to our last caller, Alex in Clinton. Good morning, Alex. Hey, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. How can we help you? Um, Okay, so I've suffered with headaches since I was a child. I went to a neurologist when I was uh, maybe 10 years old. And I don't remember them saying anything was wrong with me, but throughout my life I've suffered with headaches. And I've never really noticed the pattern. Sometimes it will be in my neck, sometimes it will be in my temples, sometimes it's on left or right, both behind my eyes and my jaw. And um, I've been told I need to go back to a headache specialist or a neurologist, and I honestly, like, I haven't. So, I've moved around a lot and I haven't had the time. So I, I don't, I just, I guess, wanted to know is it normal to have headaches? 
Yes, um, uh, migraine is a moving uh, is a moving feast. So migraine can be anywhere. And some people will say, well, if it's my migraine, meaning their worst headache, right. it's only going to be right behind the right eye. But then sometimes my daily headaches are in the occipital area in the back. And then sometimes I have the neck pain headache. But a lot of people are misdiagnosed with cervicogenic headache because they think if it starts in the neck, that it's really a, an issue of the neck, pathology of the neck. But actually, the brainstem is activated and your C2 nerve root comes out of that. That's your cervical spine to the occipital nerve. 70% of people who have migraine report neck pain with their migraine. So any pain in the head, face, or neck can be migraine. So I hope that helps. Alex, you do need to go check back in with somebody and get that looked at and taken care of so that you can get some relief from those things. And my goodness, we are all out of time for today. Thank you to our callers for sharing and adding to our conversation. And thank you to Christina Treffendahl. You've been you. an amazing guest and given us lots of good information um, for battling this problem of uh, headaches and migraines. Don't forget to tune in every weekday at 11 a.m. to hear all of the Southern Remedy uh, line up. And don't forget to go to our website at mpbonline.org slash Southern Remedy to hear our podcasts after the fact. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, and you've been listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. Mm-hmm.